0: You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by dr Harlan so why do we do what we do we are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities we share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms
1: so today we continue our conversation with outstanding upstanders in our country and today we've got with us, Vuyo Nklangu, he is a young upstander. He calls himself a human rights activist, a human rights advocate. He calls himself a refugee rights advocate and a peace monitor. Now that's a mouthful and I must also tell you, he is just about to exit youth. He is uh, forever young, but he, in terms of the definition, he's, uh, he's at the exit level. So welcome on our platform here, Vuyo. Thank you very much, Dr. Halan, and good day. Vuyo, that's a mouthful. What is this? What is these definitions? You call yourself a human rights advocate. Then you say you're a refugee rights activist and a peace monitor. What is this? So thanks a lot, Dr. Halan. What this basically means to me is three things. One,
0: as a human rights advocate, it means I work to raise awareness on and to defend the rights of vulnerable and marginalized population groups in South Africa, and we understand vulnerable and marginalized population groups to include but not only women, uh, children, uh, members of the LGBTIQA plus community and refugees. These are people who are vulnerable and because of their vulnerability are therefore in need of our constant and serious need of protection. As a refugee rights activist, I work to ensure that the South African authorities comply with international standards of refugee protection when dealing with or engaging with refugees in South Africa. And this is precisely because our government voluntarily signed public international law, committing itself to deal with refugees in a particular fashion, in a fashion that is consistent with international standards of refugee protection. Lastly, as a peace monitor, I work not only to monitor incidents of xenophobic violence in our society, but equally, I work to promote social cohesion, peace, tolerance for diversity, while also preventing collective violence in our society. Okay, Vuyo, so why do you do what you do? I, I do what I do because I'm very passionate about social justice, very passionate about issues of good governance, issues of accountability, and issues of leadership in our society. And I do firmly believe that the people of South Africa, irrespective of their age, irrespective of their race, ethnicity, cultural and linguistic differences, they are human first, and therefore their human rights
1: need to be protected. And where does this where does this passion come from? Was it instilled by the mother or the father? Where does this come from? This passion comes from...
0: Are uh, being exposed to the challenge of inequality in our society That certain groups of people are treated differently Because of their socio-economic status Whilst the other group of people is being neglected I firmly believe in equality and social justice And this is
1: where this passion comes from And this passion that you have has taken you all over the world Tell us what are the lessons that you've learned through all your travels You know, you've travelled in Europe, in America What are some of the lessons that you've brought home? Along the way, I learned
0: quite a number of lessons. One of those lessons is that the way the USA is perceived by the global community is almost the very same way that South Africa is perceived by countries within the African continent. And whether or not that is a good thing, I will leave it open. Uh, for our collective determination, but that is the perception that some African countries have uh, towards South Africa. Along the way, I also learned that indeed our constitution in South Africa is in fact amongst the most progressive legal documents in the world. For example, it is not everywhere in the world that citizens are guaranteed the right to life. We have traveled, I've been to countries where the right to life is not a fundamental right that is protected in terms of the law. But in South Africa, that right is firmly and jealously protected by our law. It is, however, unfortunate, Dr. Halan, that in South Africa there remains still today a serious gap between law and policy on one hand and practice or implementation of those laws or policies on the other hand. But lastly, what I learned having traveled around the world is that We, As South Africans in particular, we need to be appreciative of what we have. Uh, I've been to places where there have been very extreme poverty. Uh, The socioeconomic circumstances may not have allowed one to thrive, but nonetheless, those people have not allowed to be held back by the socioeconomic circumstances. They have moved on to join the international community, and they're very brilliant in what they do And for me As a South African This gives me hope
1: that there is hope For the African child mm. in the world Uh You know, if we, if we look at the last 20 years Or so, you know, we've been I think we've been very sheltered as South Africans And you've mentioned the word refugee And I don't want to assume uh, Definitions, you know uh, We've got people coming in to looking for Economic opportunities, so What is a refugee and what is a person coming here looking for economic opportunity? For example, my neighbor is from uh, the Congo. He lives here now. This is home. Is he a refugee or what is a refugee? That's a very important question, Dr. Halan. We
0: draw the definition of a refugee from international refugee law, particularly from the 1951 Refugee Convention. In terms of this convention a refugee is someone who is outside their country of origin and who because of a well-founded fear of persecution on the basis of his or her race, nationality, political opinion, religion, sex, or belonging to a particular social group is unable or unwilling to return to their country of origin. So, You have to establish that you are one outside your country of nationality or origin. There needs to be a well-founded fear. It is not enough to say, I have fear. It needs to be well-founded. And you need to be unable or unwilling to return to your government because your government does not guarantee you any protection.
1: Can I just interrupt you? At one stage, you know, Alan Zeller called people coming from the Eastern Cape moving to the Western Cape refugees. Is that definition right? From a legal standpoint, that definition is incorrect because we do
0: not satisfy all the elements in terms of international law. Mm. Uh, For instance, we were never at any point, as people from the Eastern Cape, outside of our country, we're still within our country. Western Cape and Eastern Cape are within the same country. So that definition was incorrect. And our government has not at any point been unwilling or unable to protect us. And therefore, we do not qualify as refugees within our very same country. Yeah,
1: she received a lot of flack for that statement. I know I remember that a a couple of years back. So a guy moving here from the Congo wanting to seek economic opportunity is then by definition not a refugee, you say? Uh, Broadly
0: speaking, a person who comes to seek for better opportunities is likely not to qualify as a refugee in terms of the Refugees Act in South Africa. Um, that person is then likely to qualify as an economic migrant because they are here for better opportunities. Refugees are a different type of people. Uh, They are vulnerable and therefore are in need of protection because of their vulnerability. These are the people who not voluntarily but involuntarily move out of their own country. Uh, To seek protection. And that is the number one thing they want when they go to the next country. It is to seek protection. Mm. Whatever else they receive whilst in that country is an addition to what they should be afforded by virtue of being humans. But primarily, these are people who are are coming to the next country to, to be protected because their own government is unwilling or unable to protect them.
1: Okay, so refugees, I mean, it must be difficult. I can just imagine uh, me having to flee my country and going to, say, for example, to another country. It must be lonely. What is the plight of refugees in South Africa? The, perhaps let me start by saying the majority of refugees we
0: have here in South Africa come from Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Somalia, Zimbabwe, and Burundi. They are facing serious human rights violations. There have been instances during lockdown here in South Africa where our government closed the refugee reception offices. As a result, refugees could not renew their documentation and therefore they were categorized as illegal migrants in South Africa. And I do want to mention it here and now that the term illegal refugee does not exist in international law and therefore it would have been incorrect for us in South African government to call refugees illegal refugees so without documentation because their documentation had expired they could not access basic social services so that those are some of the challenges they are facing and have faced
1: in South Africa particularly explain to me you know this phenomenon of of xenophobia why why the self-hate of of one another, of Africans, you know. Well, how do we explain? The argument often is, you know, these people come and they take our jobs and municipalities have to, they put pressure on the system. And South Africans say, yeah, but they get jobs. And that is the argument that that one hears often. Yes. Is it true or false or, or is it a fallacy? hmm there are
0: a lot of misconceptions, misperceptions and generalizations that are surrounding refugees globally, but also in South Africa. And one of them is that they are here to take jobs, as you've just said now. But there are other misconceptions or misunderstandings are that, that refugees bring crime, bring drugs and bring diseases to South Africa. Generally speaking, that is incorrect whilst there are some who actually become perpetrators of crime, they commit crime and violence and all of that, we are saying, yes, they need to be dealt with accordingly. But at the same time, we need to appreciate the fact that some refugees who come to South Africa end up creating job opportunities for South Africans. A case in point, if we were to go today to Kailicha here in Cape Town, we would see a lot of spaza shops in the community of Kailicha that are owned by refugees, but at the same time that have employed South Africans as shopkeepers. And these are South Africans who would have otherwise not obtained a job elsewhere, but have been offered job opportunities by refugees. They are shopkeepers. If you go to China towns or China malls, you would find out that some of those Chinese have employed South Africans within the malls, within their shops, and therefore offering job opportunities to South Africans. But equally, uh, if you were to go to some of the factories that have been owned here by foreign nationals, you will find uh, South African employees. Yes, the question does arise in terms of whether or not they are subjected to uh, humane standards and they are given... Uh, remuneration in terms of the minimal wage and, and all of that. That is another question, and we do not necessarily take away from the fact that not all refugees take jobs belonging to South Africans, but at it, it sometimes refugees do get to employ South Africans and create job opportunities for them. Perhaps in passing, I need to mention that I've come across situations in the communities of South Africa where refugees, particularly those who own shops, would donate with groceries to homes uh, that are really impoverished. When there are funerals in the community, they donate groceries. And sometimes when um, community members uh, do not have food, they do give food for credit to the elderly in the communities, and once they get their Sasa they repay that credit. Mm. So it is not always the case that refugees are a strain in our society,
1: but sometimes they do bring some form of relief uh, to our own lives. So you can actually move from refugee to citizen. Is that what you're saying? Is that a lot of them stay? It, it is possible to move from refugee to being a citizen. That
0: process, in a nutshell, briefly, it would take a refugee close to 20 years. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to take roughly around five years. But because we know of what has been described as the inefficiency of the Department of Home Affairs, that process tends to take longer. 20 years! 20 years. From being a refugee once, in fact, it starts by being an asylum seeker. So, as an asylum seeker, your status is still being investigated by Home Affairs. Your circumstances of coming to South Africa... Once an investigation has been done, now you are recognized as a refugee in terms of Section 24 of the South African Refugees Act. You will be a refugee for a period of five years, and after that five years, you may qualify as a permanent resident and after permanent residency, then you can become a citizen but of in South the mean, Africa.
1: In the meantime, you can be economically active. Once you, you're a refugee, you, you can seek job or try and start your own business, something like that. Indeed. That is 100% correct okay. because
0: the refugee permit, the section 24 permit, as we call it, it affords a refugee the right to seek employment mm. and the right to study. So you are allowed to, to open up a shop and to study and to
1: work as a refugee. Okay, final question. You know, uh, municipalities and citizens, what are they doing that you are aware of to make sure that we become more tolerant as a people? I, in the past, have worked, in fact, even currently
0: with the Department of Arts and Culture and other municipalities. Currently, we've worked with the Brideveli municipality around issues of social cohesion, promoting tolerance for diversity and unity in diversity. So some of the things that are currently being done, we have recently celebrated Africa Day on the 25th of May because we were coming together in one space to say we are all children of the soil from Africa and therefore we need to unite on that basis. On the 20th of June, we will be commemorating the World Refugee Day, raising awareness on the plight of refugees globally but also continentally raising awareness on the rights and obligations of refugees in South Africa. In September, with municipalities, we'll be celebrating cultural diversity through a cultural diversity festivals uh, that, that we are hosting with the Royal House Amadumisa, the, the kings here in the Western Cape province. But also from our side, we, we run uh, what we call anti-xenophobia workshops or workshops of refugee tolerance and acceptance where we train primary school learners and high school learners on refugee issues, refugee law, so that eventually they could assist us to promote unity and diversity. And on top of that, we run occasionally social cohesion sports tournaments under the theme Kicking the Ball for Peace, where we have refugees play together sport with South Africans. We are doing this intentionally because globally, and research has shown that sport is a very powerful tool to promote social cohesion. Hence, we, we promote social cohesion through sport. Recently, I will be training peace monitors and peace ambassadors in, in Kailicha, Delft, Mfuleni and Gryfondane. Because we want peace monitors and ambassadors in our society. We're going to promote unity in diversity and also assist the police and CBF to prevent xenophobic violence in South Africa because we are all children of Africa.
1: On that note, thank you so much for your time. Uh, keep on being an outstanding upstander for the rights of all people. We applaud you and we salute you for your efforts. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Dr. Alan. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumi and producer Al-Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify,
0: Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.